Hello, my name is uh, Pratik Mukhopadhyay. I'm an entrepreneur and an author. I'll be hosting the Reimagine Sales Systems podcast where I'll be bringing some of the industry thought leaders who will be sharing their go-to-market strategies for their business systems. So welcome everyone. Today I have the pleasure of having Hilary uh, Emmer in our podcast. She's a guest and she's also the senior director of business systems at Inter Lerad uh, Medical Systems. Uh, welcome Hilary to our podcast today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Karthik. I'm excited to be here. Great. Uh, so, Hilary, if you can describe your current role and also your enter- uh, journey in the enterprise world, that'll be really appreciated. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, my current role is Senior Director of Business Systems at Intellirad Medical Systems. And my role is focused on the lead-to-cash software systems that make the business run. I like to say my customers are my colleagues rather than our actual end customers. And we have in place a number of systems, Salesforce, NetSuite, OpenAir, I'm sure we'll get into the details of those a little bit later, that we have in place to support lead to cash for the company. I like to describe my professional journey as a little bit of my own rotational program. I started out first in technical support and then in technical sales as my background was actually mechanical engineering. I worked at a pretty large company that sold hardware and software into scientists and engineers. It was so new in my career, I don't think I realized all of what was going on behind the scenes, especially if you think about business systems to run a business. I was very much just focused on answering cases for customers or trying to sell products out into my market space. So my first real exposure was at the second company I worked at, MRI Software, based out of Ohio where I worked in professional services on the operations team. And really that was my first exposure to Salesforce, to OpenAir and to some of these other tools, but also how data flows through a business. As a salesperson before, I had just used one system, put everything into one system, my customers got their product. I didn't put together what happened between when I entered the sale and when the customer had that product show up at their office. So working in professional services, I was now working with the sales team as they were trying to sell deals. I was working with legal to make sure we had the right terms for professional services, but then also to facilitate sending the information from Salesforce into open air so the consultants could actually sit down and deliver the projects or the products to our customers. I found I really liked that, understanding how everything worked, how everything moved, how everything connected and continued to challenge myself to learn more and push and help improve things for the teams that I was working with. I moved then within that company, up became a manager of consultants, got more into some of the financial pieces of billing for our customers and offerings. What does a professional services offering look like? How many hours does it take to set up a software product for a customer? and branched out as well into the support side. So not only thinking about delivering, but then how do we keep the customers happy as they're continuing to use the product after they've been set up. The next role I had at a different company was really internally facing within the product development organization, serving as director of operations for a company based in the Raleigh area in their content development department. So this department makes e-learning for customers, which is part of the product that is sold by that company. Right, right, right. 
And so there my role was to oversee project management, QA, accreditation, and all of the reporting. It was a chance for me to learn a different software system than what I had been using. We were using a tool called QuickBase, um, which I don't think is as well known or as well used. It's also a low code solution like Salesforce can be, but much more from the ground up. So I liked that aspect of it as it gave you a lot more flexibility to really structure the application as you wanted it. And they also have separate applications rather than Salesforce where while you can have you know, multiple instances, more likely you may just have one instance and then everything is in that instance. So QuickBase really can kind of segment more and say like, oh, this team has this application. Another team, the QA team is going to have their own application. You can still connect them. You can have a little bit more of a separation. So I really enjoy the challenge of learning that and mastering the data in that system. And there's another opportunity at the same company to serve as a director of strategic programs overseeing a Salesforce re-implementation. So we had had Salesforce in the business for I think about 12 years at the time and the company had grown, had done about 14 acquisitions. So even though the team had continued to build and develop the tool over time, there was a value in kind of stepping back, refreshing and rebuilding. So I got to oversee that program, work with our business systems team, work with outside consultants to do the work we also switched from Marketo to Pardot during that project as well to support the marketing team and also got to start working on data governance as a program, which was a really new concept for me, but made a lot of sense with something I had been doing and trying to ensure we have data consistency across systems, across business, as I shared for a while, but didn't realize there was a term for it or that there are people who really went out and did that as their full-time focus. So I also was really excited to work on that opportunity get exposure into a new world and something really important, which is making sure that you know where your data comes from, that is correct, and that it's consistent across all your systems. And then most recently I joined Intellirad as the Senior Director of Business Systems. We're going through a transformation. So we just went live in April with a new instance of Salesforce with Pardot, new instance of NetSuite, open air for the professional services team and then using Dell Boomi to connect them. So it's a really exciting time. We have a lot of transformation, both in terms of systems, in terms of process, in terms of people that the mm -hmm. whole company is going through. So it's great to be there at this time. Awesome, Henry. No, that, that was a really <clears throat> insightful journey and looks like you have lots of uh, experience and especially uh, doing projects uh, and implementing it is very different from leading strategy. So execution experience is really critical. So that's awesome to hear that. Uh, if you look at uh, any company's go-to-market strategy, right? I think they are a big reflection of the systems they have in place. So uh, kind of I'll ask this question two parts, like can you talk a little bit about your company's go-to-market strategy? Is it more direct and channel? And then essentially, what systems do you have in place to enable that sort of uh, uh, sales motion? Yeah, so we are primarily selling direct. We mm -hmm. do also we, we do also act as a reseller. So we are selling what we call third-party products to our customers. And really, 
we are using Salesforce to manage all of our sales opportunities. There is still manual work being done, especially on the third party deals because we have to coordinate with the third party about what the price will be and, and some of those logistics. So we are also using Word and uh, you know Adobe to make PDFs uh, to support some of those deals. But otherwise we really are using Salesforce uh, to manage all of the deals and most of our business is direct. Of course, any other systems you have in place to enable that? Do you have a CPQ system to enable creation of codes? Do you have any analytic system that shows a sales leader, any dashboards? Yeah. Yeah, so we are using Sales Cloud with CPQ as well as DocuSign mm -hmm. for the contracting part. There's obviously the complexity of tracking all the products within CPQ and especially how they work together, which ones we want to always sell together and, and the professional services. We want to make sure that we have the right time and SKU in there for the services team to do their implementation. So we really are doing all of that though in Salesforce. Um, and again, I would say there's still a couple exceptions of things that we're doing outside. Maybe some of the calculations we're doing outside that we haven't had a chance yet to implement into Salesforce. Very interesting, very interesting. Uh, and then in terms of uh, current state uh, adoption wise uh, or any other activity, uh, do you have any uh, best practices that you can share with our audience about uh, enabling some of those? Yeah, I think training and communications, unfortunately, skips the short end of the stick and it is so right. critical to making sure that you have adoption across the business. Do, I think my main advice would be do more than you think you should do. Send more messages, send more emails, have more training, have more office hours than you think you need to make sure that people have a chance to come, start to understand the system, especially the brand new functionality or brand new system that you're rolling out. And I think that that's the lesson learned that we can always do more than, than I think at least <laughs> that I've seen on some of my programs. And it's so easy to put it at the bottom of the list because you have to finish the building. If you don't finish the building, if you don't deploy it, if you don't have the data, there's not gonna be anything to train on or to communicate about. So I do think it's easy for it to fall to the end of the list, but really for adoption, you wanna make sure that you are getting out in front of the users, you're giving them a, enough advance notice to hear their concerns, to address their concerns, to get them up to speed, and you want to make sure also doing things after you go live. So after go live, you want to have office hours. You want to have continued training. You want to make sure they know how to get help, whether that's from someone in their department, which is always my preference to start out with someone within their department or within their team. Or And then they have as a backup option to go to the consultants or the, the more technical team. Sometimes those frontline people in the department, so some sort of champion, can help answer those frontline questions about process or why something isn't working the way that someone thinks it should be, that can help protect the business systems team so they have time to fix the bugs or other more critical issues. Uh, and it may just be that someone missed the training or they went to the training and they, that piece of information just didn't really stick with them now that they're in the system and using it. But I do always think that we undervalue the communication and the training right. and then that comes back in the end to to make it more difficult to get adoption. Yeah, yeah, you know, you talk like somebody has done it. So exactly, I, I completely agree with that. <laughs> awesome. Uh, 
2020 uh, was a very interesting year, right? I'm sure for everybody, both professionally and personally. As you look at 2021, uh, like what are some of your bigger priorities that, that you are trying to achieve both uh, within your team and also as a company? Yeah, so within my team, we only have two focus areas. One, since we went live in April, our biggest focus area is stabilization, making sure that we have everything correct, that we're fixing issues that are being identified, and then also looking up forward. What can we improve? How can we add further functionality enhancements to the system to make them easier for our end users when they're using the system? Because our job is to make sure that our end users are successful and to make it within reason as easy as we can for them. You can't always make everything the easiest uh, for everyone, but where we can, we want to make sure that we're doing that. And then our second focus area is around acquisition integration. So Intellirad purchased two companies in the last six months, and we're now working to integrate those people, process, and data into our new system. So the goal is to shut down their Salesforce, their CRM systems, their financial systems, and have everything consolidated into one system. This is part of our playbook and how we as a company really focus on adding, bringing that value into the company when we do make acquisitions and as part of our growth strategy. So not just by selling more, but by bringing in other products, other companies, and being able to sell more products to our existing customers, and our existing products to new customers that come in through the acquisition. So that's a focus area, not only for my team, which I'm more on the technology side, how do we get everything in, how do we get everyone working in one set of systems, but also for the business as we really are focused on growth. That, that's really useful. We're almost at the end of our podcast. In terms of uh, your career path, Hilary, uh, what advice can you give to somebody, let's say, who wants to be in your role in five, seven, ten years, uh, heading the business systems group, maybe the early career as a business analyst or a solution architect, anything that you want to advise them? Yeah, for me, the first thing that comes to mind is just have that curiosity. Always be looking to learn new things, whether that's take, through taking on new projects at work, or whether that is through, especially on Salesforce, Trailhead, they do such a great job with Trailhead. Salesforce as a company, as I'm sure you know, many of your listeners know, puts out so many new features and new functionality. There's different clouds. There's so many things you can learn. And so really having that commitment to learn, whether that's Salesforce, whether that's how businesses work, whatever that might be, I think is really crucial because it gives you enough knowledge to ask the right questions as you move up the chain, as you get more experience. I don't know all the answers. That's, I'm never going to know all the answers, but I can ask the right questions to help under, myself understand the situation, help provide clarity so that as a business, we can make a decision. So that's really like that thirst for learning is to me is the number one piece of advice. And again, that can come in a lot of different ways, not necessarily just the, you know, trailhead as an example. The other thing is to really consider your options and think about how to best round out your skill set and your knowledge. It can be really tough to understand what our blind spots are, what our weaknesses are. And I'm not necessarily saying that you've got to 
invest everything to make them so that they're strengths. But it's good to know where they are and know what your strengths, what strengths you bring to the table. So you can really emphasize those. And that can also help you identify what the right opportunity is or what the right next step is or the right next challenge. And for me, the third piece of advice is to think critically about what are the parts of your job that you really love doing and jobs you've had previously. So one of the reasons I've had this sort of rotational program is that I've been really focused on what are the core pieces of my job that I love doing. I love problem solving. I love fixing, so, you know, not only solving the problem, fixing it, making things better. I love working with others. I love understanding how everything connects together, which ties back to the problem solving. And so those are the fundamental pieces that I look for when I consider my next job or my next opportunity. It isn't necessarily just the title or just the role, but what are those underlying components that get me excited to go to work? And that's really what I encourage people to think about. What are those things that really get you excited to go to work? That might mean that you end up in a job like mine. It might mean you end up in a different job, depending on what those core enjoyable pieces of your work are. Thank you, Uri. That's a really nice uh, way to uh, sort of conclude the podcast. This is really helpful, I think, uh, uh, especially what you mentioned about curiosity and focusing uh, and understanding your strengths and kind of translating that uh, helps no matter what profession you are in. So thank you for being so open about it. Awesome. Uh, so with that, I want to really uh, thank Hilary for her time, for joining us today, sharing some of the best practices, talking about her company's go-to-market and systems, and also advising some of the folks who are trying to uh, build a career in our profession. So thank you, Hilary. Yeah, this is great. Thank you so much for having me on today. So with that, I would like to wrap up this podcast. Thank you all for tuning into Reimagine Enterprise Sales Systems. To listen to more exciting podcasts, please visit my website, pratikm.com or protikm.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, and other channels that you follow so that you'll never miss your show.